Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with big dick energy. I recently left my successful career and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing, episode 6. You know I promised you some fabulous guests. Well... None other than Jen Shah of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm watching the show for you. No one else. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, of you're my course. girl. So if you said any a different, we would be having words offline. But yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah, no, I'm literally just watching for you. I watch every week and I don't want to watch anyone else. I keep the spice. I keep the, you know, I keep, I'm keeping it real on there. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to watch me and Coach Shaw? Exactly. But I see you, for those of you who can see us, you've brought your glam squad for the podcast. Yes. (laughs) And you're decked out in Versace. Versace and titties just for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate an iconic queen. So you are Polynesian, Tongan. Am I saying that right? Correct. Yes. Polynesian, Tongan, and Hawaiian. So please explain and please tell us about your childhood, how you grow up. I really want to know about that. Okay. So Polynesian, my dad is Tongan. My mother is Hawaiian and Chinese. My grandmother, grandmother Kong is is Chinese Hawaiian. So I'm like this exotic blend or whatever you want to call it of Polynesian goodness. But 
I identify most with Tongan, you know, Tongan and Hawaiian, because that's the majority of where my ethnic background is from. And for those people that are like, where, where's Tonga? Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> Tonga is in the South Pacific and it's by Fiji. And if you don't know where, where Fiji is, it's Fiji, Australia, New Zealand. Tonga is out there close to those islands. Hashtag Bora Bora. Hun. Exactly. So that's why we have a lot of family in Fiji, New Zealand, and Australia, because it's, it's, you know, very near to Tonga. And, you know, when you need like better hospitals and things like that, you go to like New Zealand. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people know Hawaii, right? Hula dancers, all that stuff, but they're not very familiar with Tonga. And my dad came to the United States. He came to Hawaii when he was in college, Okay. college age. He went to Hawaii. That's where he met my mom in Hawaii. And he went there with nothing because he was, you know, in search of making a name for himself in search of a better life. And he knew that there would be more opportunity in the United States. And it's Hawaii was the closest part of the United States for him to get to. It's like the American dream. It's our it's our story. Right. Exactly. So my dad came over with nothing, met my mother in Hawaii. My family at first, they were like, oh, my mom's side of the family. They were like, well who, who are you dating? You know, he wasn't, I guess, accepted wholeheartedly into my mom's, you know, because he came over with nothing. Right. It sounds like a Bollywood movie. Oh my gosh. I want to be a Bollywood movie star. You could be. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) No. So he, my mom left, my mom was Mormon. Her parents converted to the Mormon church in Hawaii. My grandma, grandpa, when my mom was growing up. So at the time she met my father, she was Mormon. My mom went to, she ended up moving to Utah to go to Brigham Young University. Yes. So my dad moved here too. And they ended up getting married and pregnant <laughs> with Jen with you, the queen, <laughs> the queen. So, and in the Polynesian culture, you give the first grandchild to the grandparents. Really? You know, Back in the day, it was like right now, currently, it's not as common, but back then it was more common because people were having kids younger, like they were in, you know, in college. And so that was like, it was like, okay, give Keiki to us. I said Keiki because that means child Okay, and in Hawaiian. And so they were like, give Keiki to us. My grandparents will raise her. You focus on school. So my parents stayed in Provo at Brigham Young University to finish their college. I'm the oldest grandchild. So my grandparents took me back to Hawaii. I just, I lived with them until I was about six, seven years old because my grandmother, she went into the hospital for like 30 days to get an operation. And, and only because of that reason, my parents were like, okay, we need to take Keiki back, you know, with us. I mean, I still saw my parents during the six years, but my grandparents were like, no, this is our child. You can come visit her. For the tradition. Right. So my closest sibling to me that's in age, his name is Kaleo okay. Judd. Beautiful name. All of our name. We have six kids in my family. I'm the oldest. All of us are J names. Wow. Jennifer, Judd, Janan, Jessica, Jarrett, Jake. I got them all. I remembered all of them. So, so he's only, we're like a year and a half apart. But he's a boy, so he stayed, you know, my dad wasn't going to give him a 
very similar to Indian culture, you know, they want you to marry the same kind, quotation marks. So, you know, I could see why your mom's family was hesitant because your dad, you know, wasn't right. the same. And I come from a patriarchal culture. Boys are the prize. Not in my house, but I understand exactly what yeah. you mean. Yeah. I changed that in my house, but yeah, in our yes. culture, that's, that's what it's, uh, that's what it is. It's very similar. So, you know, it was interesting. So that's why I'm so close with my grandparents and yeah. my aunts, because my mom's sisters that were still living at home when I was there yeah. being raised, were very close because they were with me, you know, during like, you know, for the first six, seven years. So the Polynesian culture is very, very much about family, right? It's all about family. Yes. And we've talked about that. You know, we have very similar cultures and we're huge on family. And basically you do everything for the family. They're number one. Exactly. So my dad, when he came to, you know, to Utah, he started the National American Tongan Society, the first society here. He's the president of it. And when he started it here, it then branched out into different states. But he was the president of that. And it was very big for him. Like I remember growing up, there's 20 people in my house growing up, right? Because anybody that was coming from Tonga that needed to come to America. Okay. You, you it was your, you house. your house. And so that's just, that's what I knew growing up is if you were able to provide it and you were blessed enough to be able to, you know, provide for others, you did that. Yes. You know, and everybody was family, even if it was, you know, not our immediate family, but yeah, our un- open door, cousin. open door policy. Same with the Indian culture. Anyone is welcome to stay. I mean, growing up, there's a random cousin and aunt, the neighbor's cousin is staying with you. There's just always someone there and there's always someone being fed. <laughs> I was just going to say the one thing you do, you better eat because if mom or grandma says, Hey, do you want to eat? And you say, no. No, my husband learned that very quickly. He's like, why does grandma always make me eat? I'm not hungry. I'm like, their love language. You have to eat. She's going to be super offended if you say no, like eat, you need to eat. So you grew up in Hawaii, then you come to Utah. What was that like? Because in Hawaii, everyone, you know, more or less looks like you, talks like you, acts like you. Then you go to Utah, honey. I've never been to Utah. Please advise. Yes. Okay. Advisory. I'm giving you all an adult advisory right now. It was, it was culture shock. And I had been coming, you know, to visit for a couple months at a time, but you know, then I was permanently here. It was, it was very hard for me. So I went to, I started, I, you know, was in elementary school and it was just very hard. I looked different. And back then there was not I was like the only minority. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine Utah. Yeah, I was the only minority. I mean, like in elementary school and growing up, you know, in high school, there was me and one other person and that person was adopted by a white family. But yeah, it was, it was like, oh, she's, she's black. Cause I was a much darker when I was younger. I'm trying to stay out of the sun because of wrinkles and everything now. Same, honey. I don't, don't tell me to go outside. You can't pay me to go outside. Okay. So literally I'm like, okay, so I'm much, you know, lighter complexion now because I I ain't trying to get wrinkles. Right. I agree. 
and we use yeah. retin-a and you know like that yes. doesn't, that doesn't work with the sun but i can imagine because i was the only indian in my school so i oh, know yes. and i went to a christian school and i grew up in a hindu home so it was just very confusing for me growing up but you were mormon you are mormon you're converting but we'll get to that later but you grew up mormon and you were in utah so you look different but you are mormon right I, so that i had that going for me because we were our family was mormon so we went to the church and that's right? the community yeah right and so but it was just interesting because you know i asked my mom i said mom when is the first time you remember me recognizing that something was different or you know coming home and saying something to you and she said it was when i was four years old because i had come here for like a month and so i went to challenger preschool right yeah. and she said when she picked me up i was upset or sad and she's like what's wrong jen and i said well the other kids are making fun of me because my lips are purple oh my gosh and at four and i didn't understand that and i was like mom okay stop don't talk to me about this you're bringing back i obviously suppressed that memory so yeah. <laughs> I don't yes but it was it was difficult you know i definitely i would go to school and then literally the the day school was out i was on the airplane back to hawaii i stayed in hawaii the whole summer until school started yeah. and then i would be back you know here for school i mean i grew up doing dance like the dance club here and i was very like in cheerleading and all that stuff i was in sports i played basketball wow. i was on the basketball team i broke a girl's nose oh my god um, like on purpose <laughs> no i was just like i was rebounding and i came down and wow. my elbow hit her on the nose were you, because me growing up in high school, the only brown girl in the school, not even the only Indian, like the only person of color in the school. I was the token brown friend. You know, I all my friends were Latino, white or white. And yeah. you're just like, you start to adapt so that you get the friends. I don't know if you did that. You make up for your skin by, for me, it was humor. So I was the funny one because I knew I didn't look like anybody else. And so I just started making jokes and that's how I, people find me relatable now. But I think it stems from that childhood where I just wanted people to like me and I wanted to fit in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I Because you are funny. You're a funny queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, growing up, it was like, Oh my gosh, get Jen over here, the brown girl, because she can dance good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what I was, girl. It was like, oh my gosh, she said she can dance. But then it was like, that's what I was like kind of known for. Or we would go to like church dances and literally they would pull me into the middle, like, hey, maybe I don't want to do Michael Jackson thriller. Right. <laughs> but I guess I'm gonna have to do it. Like <laughs> you were like the so you were the performer. Yes. Yeah. You were the performer. So then you're in high school. Was it strict? What was it like? Were they, you know, did they allow you to date? Because I wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't like locked up in a cupboard. No, I'm, and I'm the oldest. Yeah. So I couldn't do anything, anything. And I was very good. I was so good. I look, I tell my parents. I was obedient. Look, yeah. look yeah. at my youngest. How is he getting away with this? Right. I would have never. We listened. 
I couldn't be five minutes late. I couldn't be like, I was so, so strict with me and my brother, even though he was a year and a half younger, totally different set of rules because he was a boy. Yes, of course. Double um, the one time in high school when this boy and his Brad and Travis came over, Brad kind of liked me. Okay. No one liked me. So congratulations. Well, I thought he liked me. I mean, I'm going to go with that, but he brought his cousin over to my house. Now you don't bring in my culture. Boys don't come over. No, that's unheard of. And if it's a boy coming over, it's your cousin or your brother (laughs) come over. Like that is like a no, no. He comes over and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Cause you know, the culture here, Caucasians, white families here. It was a, yeah, you could go hang out. You could go watch movies in the basement. Like, are you kidding me? You can't even knock on my front door. We don't have doors. A door is like you. If you close the door, it's getting removed. Oh yeah. So <laughs> they came over, and my dad just happened to come home at the same time. Oh my god, I would be terrified. They just stopped by. I was so scared. He walks in, and you know everyone was scared of him too. He walks in, and he looks at these boys, and he goes get the hell out of my house. And I'm like, why would you? Yes. You're like, this is my chance to be normal. Everyone at school is going to like, this is not normal. So my dad totally kicked them out. Um, I never saw them again. Cause of course they didn't like, I was like, I just wanted to show them my Bob Marley poster. Right. We weren't doing anything. You just wanted so, to be like everyone else. Yeah. I That's wasn't, wasn't going to do anything. Like I didn't drink in high school. Same. I, I didn't do anything. I was good for many years though, like even past high school, but I didn't drink. I didn't have sex in high school. Like I was good. Same. And I am using that card for a while. I'm with my mom. I'm like, really mom? Yeah. No, you, I can tell you're also a good person, Jen, but we'll get, we'll get to that later. So then I know you said you danced for Sir Mix a lot. Yeah. Get me there. Take me there. Okay. Okay. So Fast forward now, I'm in college at the University of Utah. My cousin Danny, who's like my brother, a brother to me, he's like maybe two years younger than me. Okay. Very, very close in age. But Danny was always, we hung out growing up because we we're so close in age. And Danny's gay. So obviously. Yes, you can hang out with him also. It's allowed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because it's allowed. Because he's gay. Yeah, exactly. But that's another story. Danny couldn't come out until he had had a wife and kids and all that. Obviously, I know many of those, too. But I'm saying you were allowed because they knew he wasn't going to do anything with you. Yeah. So I grew up around family. That's all I knew because I wasn't allowed to just go hang out with random people. It was only family. I had permission. And the church community, of course. Yeah. But even with the church community, there was no minorities or, you know, at, in my church. So I wasn't really hanging out with, I, I didn't hang out with anyone in the church unless I was forced to go to activity night for, you know, church or something. But I was always hanging out with my cousins because we had fun and that was what my parents would permit. Yeah. So Danny, I'm in college. He's a senior in high school. He would always come over to my dorm room. We lived in Bancot in co-ed dorms at the University of Utah. We were on the first floor. So he would slide open the living room, climb in the window with his friends. And like, I was like, Danny, this isn't your party spot. He's like, oh, my cousin is at the U, you know? Right. 
Danny comes to me and Danny always danced like at all the family functions. It was like, Jen and Danny go perform, go perform. Do so I would work. say, you would say it was innate. You, you have rhythm because I can't dance to save my life, but it seems like you're just a good dancer. It came naturally to you. Well, I, I mean, we grew up dancing and yeah. performing, you know? And so Danny was like, Jen, Sir Mix-a-Lot is here. He brings me the flyer wow. that was on campus that he saw. And he's like, they're doing tryouts for the backup dancer for his concert here at the Utah State Fairgrounds. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, we're trying out. And once Danny and I were always getting in, into trouble or whatever, or, yeah. you know, we get into these situations. And when Danny wanted to do something, I was like, okay. Yeah. So then you needed three people. And by trouble, but by trouble, I know you and I mean in our world, in the real world, no one would have cared. <laughs> yeah, trouble is like, you know, I don't know, I painted my fingernails. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I grew up in a vegetarian home. Trouble was like, you ate chicken nuggets. That right. was trouble. Trouble for me was like, I came home at 12.02 a.m. Yes. I did call my parents, but I still got in trouble. That's the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so, Danny, we needed a third person. So, my roommate... Ursula, she had done drill team, you know, it, at, at the U. And I was like, Ursula, she's in drill team. She can, we'll, we'll have her do it. Yeah. So it was me, Danny, and Ursula. Danny, of course, choreographed the entire tryout number. He also was in charge of our outfits for, for the tryouts as well, which was gold spandex with, we had, no, gold uh, spandex leotard with, black like booty shorts this is serious though costume and all oh yeah no we were you so took fun. it to the next level of course because that's what i do that's your that's, your, where, your, that's where i come in you're extra honey yeah that's where jen shaw comes in exactly. and then i was like let's class it up a little bit so we're not like super ratchet yeah. so i was like let's wear like a cute blazer because remember janet jackson was big yeah we put the blazer on and then the nylons under it because again i was not trying to be like Gucci yeah. my yeah. showing out. And then we had on the black boots. So we won. We went and tried out. Wow. We Congratulations. Won. I mean, that's a huge deal. Thank you. I mean, that is literally my claim to fame. But I mean, how many people can say that? I danced with Sir Mix a lot. I mean, that's huge. That's iconic. Not only with Sir Mix a lot, but at the Utah State Fairgrounds, like where the, the fairgrounds were like the cows and the pigs. And, like, <laughs> the yes. Um, that's where we were. Yeah, but, but look, but look at where that, in that day, that's where all the concerts were. Exactly. How long, How long did you, did do, you that? do that? For? So that was the that was when I got my first taste of you know stardom. People like you, people giving you attention, and you're being fabulous, and people complimenting you. It feels nice. I mean, it didn't last long. It was like the he moved on to the next still tour. But yeah. yeah. Okay, so then in college, I know you didn't sleep with anyone in high school, in college, were you approved? I hate that word, but I don't know how else to say it because I was just scared. I was brought up in a way where I thought if you just touched a guy, I'd get pregnant. So I was always scared. See, your parents taught you right because that is my philosophy right now that I'm instilling into my boys. <laughs> You're like, don't touch a girl. No, like, do you know what's gonna happen? Yes, it's terrifying. No. I am the person that is like too scared to try drugs, too scared okay. because I'm like, I am the 1% that is going to die. Yes. Because I'm 
I'm also very like allergic to stuff. Same. Oh my God. I can't even wear like proper makeup. It's very difficult for me. So well, I have Zyrtec in my bag. Same. I am itchy. Same. I get itchy. And the runny nose and the sinus. Girl, bye. I'm we- looking at Paulina because she's like, what is wrong with you? They've tried to bring me. This is all natural. Try this. It might be better. No. I hear you. I am the 1% like you. I'm like, I am going to do the one thing that I try for the first time and die. No, I'm going to be the one. <laughs> no, I literally. So you I didn't do anything one. in college either, or did you? No, I tried. Okay, so. And I mean, by, by, by thing, I mean, did you do the dirty in college? I did the dirty in college. You did. Okay, so you were but a I step ahead of me. I was a step ahead. I got out of college and I or I, I got into college and I was like, wait, I don't have to be home at midnight. Yeah. You have your own dorm. The doors, the bedroom doors can be closed. Right. No, I would get in trouble. Yeah. You can't close the bedroom doors. No. You don't close the bedroom doors. You don't have boys in your room. You don't have any other colored lights than bright white. I remember, I didn't even know that was a thing. And I remember my parents came to my dorm room and freaked out because we lived in the apartment. The dorm had like three bedrooms and a kitchen yeah. and a living room, right? So there's six of us that lived in our dorm. One of the girls had a red light and let me tell I how oh am I supposed God. to know? I don't know anything. It's like, yeah. My parents freaked out. Freaked I would- out. I got in trouble for some girl in my dorm having a red light. My mom's like, do you know what that means? I'm like, no, I don't either. I still don't know. Well, I, I still kind of don't know, but it's something bad. Yeah, clearly something's happening in there. So at least you had some sort of normalcy in college. Now, lead me to Shamazing. How did you meet Mr. Shah? Okay. Am I saying it? Is it Shah? Shah. Shah. Because it's a very common Indian name, too. So how did you and Mr. Shah meet? Okay, so... I'll tell you the very first encounter. Okay. So I was very, I was like, can I just tell you I won Hope of America? I feel like that's an important oh, Wow, thing. that's, that, you get, um, like, you're a good person. <laughs> you're a really good person. <laughs> was the one that did, I followed every rule. Wow. wow. Like, I was that one. That's hardcore. I, I would cry if I, you know, I was that one. I was like, I, I got an A minus, and I start crying. Like, that was me. But it's so yes. funny because we are these outspoken, loud people. And by loud, I mean it in a good way, meaning we're just not afraid to be confident and have an opinion, which is very important, right. I think. But many people tell me this, and I see this in you too. At the end of the day, we're just really big teddy bears inside and very sensitive, soft people. That's what I need people to know. And, and you're telling me this story, and I just see it because we are just good people and we were held back for so many years in our upbringing. And so now you have this voice and you want to use it. And sometimes it can get misinterpreted or miscommunicated, but you're just a teddy bear and you just want to be heard. Right. At home, that's, I'm like, Coach Shaw has to call me Cupcake. I'm very, if you saw at home, you'd be like, what the Is that your name, hon? Cupcake? That's Cupcake. so cute. And I'm sure he does it. Oh, does no, it? he does. All Aww. the time. Hi, Cupcake. I'm going to screenshot text and send it to you just so you can see. No. If he doesn't, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why do you have a bad attitude today? He's like, what are you talking about? You didn't call me Cupcake, Cupcake at the beginning of the text. 
He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, cupcake. But you know what? Your vibe attracts your your tribe. Your vibe attracts your tribe, and you attracted this king. So no, he really is. He's a king. Yeah, I can tell just from your stories. Like your IG, I see him. He lo- he loves you to pieces. He really does, and I think that's what I saw in him because he played football. He was like the star football player, right? Okay. I was like, yeah, okay, I know about you. Yeah, okay. we all know what the football like, players do. You know, you know, Charlene warned me when her and my dad dropped me off on freshman welcome day. Yes. There were rules. You don't date football players. No, you don't no. date this. You don't, you know, I got the whole, yeah, all the yeah, rules. I'm sure yeah, you yeah. did. So the freshman came, because again, I followed all the rules. So I didn't come the first day of school like normal people did. I came like a week before when there's no one on campus, yes, but yes. the other nerdy freshmen. Of course. <laughs> of course. So we can like walk to our classes and like, you know, role play how we're going to go to the first day. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there for, you know, freshman week with just like all the nerdy people. Yeah. And so the only other people on campus were the football players because they were in fall camp. Okay. Right. So at that time at the University of Utah, everybody ate at the same place at the union it was called the okay. union okay. um now the football players have like their own five-star chef of course facility but back then we all ate in the same building so me and my tribe of nerdy people that came before school started walked to the union with our badge that had money on it to go this is our first time you know eating there and so we go in there i'm with ursula Ursula came in early too. Okay. okay. So Urs- we're at the union getting our food. The next section over, because there's different areas where you yeah. get different types of food, right? Yeah. yeah. So the next section over, I see like, oh, there's a, a lot of, it's all men. They look really big. I think they play sports. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the athletes. The athletes, they're right, they're right next to us, basically. So all of a sudden, this boy comes up to me. I'm standing in line. I get a tap on the shoulder. I turn around. Well, his name, it's Cedric, okay? Okay. So Cedric comes over and he goes, hi, pretty lady. And I'm like, oh my God, a boy just called me pretty and you can't be, you're like right next to me. It's it's shocking. No, and I'm just like, yeah, wait, yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk to you. Right. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. Yeah. And, you know? Very naive. You know, I don't know what's happening and you just touch my shoulder. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Jen. And, and he's like, oh, Jen, he's like, my, he goes, my friend over there, he thinks you're really cute. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So this is like my first, you know, literally right before school. And, and he's like, he thinks you're really cute. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes, are you, are you available? Are you seeing anyone? And I was like, what the hell? Cause yeah. I'm not used to anybody being this. Of course. Cedric's from Texas. Okay. Cedric yeah. is like, Hey, what's going on? Sharif's from LA. They, this is normal for them. I am like freaked out. I don't know what to say. And I'm like, um, uh, okay. I don't know. And then I just like, thank you. And like move my tray forward and get food. So I found out later Sharif was with Cedric. He sees me and Sharif says, oh my gosh, that's the one. (gasps) Like a movie. This is a movie right now. We're, this is Bollywood. Okay. This is a movie, though. Like, this is the fairy tale. So, obviously, I didn't know that then. 
So now we go into, I didn't see Sharif, didn't know him. Cedric had come up to me, his best friend and roommate. We fast forward into the school year. I'm in common medicines. It was a required class to take. Okay. Sharif is a couple years older than me. He hadn't taken that class yet. So he was in it, enrolled in it. That's where I met him was in common medicines where we actually like talked. And, you know, I definitely played hard to get. Cause I was like, no, I know I was warned about you. Yeah. Football players. And do yeah. you suggest playing hard to get for women? Do you suggest it? Yes, you do. You do. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm asking for myself too. No, well, it depends at what there's different stages in college. Yes. yes. I mean, in your mid thirties, it's like, no, in your mid thirties, I feel like it's different because you're at a different point. And you know what life. you want. You don't need to be like, at, at 19. Play hard to get ladies for the youngins. 19 play hard to get, please. Yes. Okay. So did you sleep with your husband on the first date? Your future no. husband? You did, you did not. not. And what do you think about that? Because Paris Hilton says minimum nine dates before you do the deed. Nine days is basically a first date, right? <laughs> my, I mean, in my mid thirties, I'm not doing nine dates. Ninth date, I'm having the child. No, exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. There's different rules right. for your thirties. We're talking 19 still. 19, 19 you wait. I was trying to get like herpes, AIDS, like yeah, we were scared. Yeah, yeah, we were scared because everything my parents told me, I was like, if I, if you touch me, you're I'm getting the clap. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to hell with AIDS. Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. I, I, I was in the same boat. I didn't let anyone touch me. So, at least you had a boyfriend. No, but I did. Wait, I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have any boyfriends in high school, by the way, because I was not allowed. But you meet Sharif and eventually. And now, yeah. So in college, so Sharif, and I was trying to play like, you know, I had zero like experience, right? But I'm trying to act like, okay, yeah. And he's an athlete from LA. Right. And he's like the star athlete. He's like Sports Illustrated Player of the Year athlete. But you're the queen, so he had to be the king. Right. So I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I have a lot of dates. Really, I didn't. You didn't have a single one. No. <laughs> <laughs> he asked me if he could sit by me. Okay. That's where it all started in Common Medicine, where we had our first verbal contact yeah. was, hey, is this seat taken? And I was like, I don't know. No one's sitting here. Like, I don't know. Does it look like it's taken? Yeah. yeah it looks empty. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but he sat next to you. So he sat there. And then... We had to get into groups. Oh, okay. We broke okay. off into groups for a project. So that's where he moved in, right? He's like, oh, this, this is my, this is the group. Yeah. 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 Because she's not really like accepting the advances of the, can I sit next to you? Right. I don't know if you want to, but I wasn't saying anything. So no. Like, you sit there. Just because you sit next to me in your sports illustrated player of the year. Right. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. So we get in the same group. He so we had to exchange numbers, right? Okay, okay. So in the dorms back then, which I'm glad they don't do this because this is very unsafe. Okay. <laughs> there was a phone outside in the lobby of the dorm. You could just pick up and ring to anyone that lived in the dorm. That's odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he would he came to the he came to that phone because he knew I lived in Bangkok. Because when we all got together, 
one of the times we met in our lobby. So he came to the little phone you pick up, called over, you know, because it had our names and rank, called over, left a message because I didn't give him in my phone number. Yet. But still the guy. So this is another example. 1930, 40. If he's into you, he will make an effort and contact you. You didn't have to do anything in this story. He wanted no. to be in your group. He wanted to sit next to you. And now he's calling you. Like if you want to go out and be like a hoe for a night, go do your go thing do girl, if, you're in, if you're 19. But it's highly unlikely that that is going to be the one that you're going to end up with. So that's why I was like, you know what? Plus you need to put them through some tests. Of course. And yeah. we're, we're only getting started. We're only getting warmed up here. But the elephant in the room, he's not Polynesian, hon. And you know what? Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what happened. So Sharif, he asked me. So he came, he left a message. He kept trying to like ask me out through the phone in the dorm, yeah, right? Yeah. So he finally, he left a message and he said, after multiple times of him trying to like contact me, he leaves a message. And back then we had the, the answering machine. So me and Ursula were like listening to him leave yeah. a message, right? And he's like, hi, this is Sharif. You know what? I don't know what I've ever done to you, but you won't return my calls. And I just want to let you know I will never bother you again. And I'm really sorry. And that's what got me. You know? Yeah, because you don't want to lose him. Yeah. Like, like you, oh, this guy's oh. making an effort. Yeah. So he's like, I won't bother you again. I'm very sorry. I hope I don't, I've never done anything to you. Hopefully you didn't take something as disrespectful. I just, you know, I've been, I won't try. I've called you 10 times. I won't reach out to you anymore. This will be my last message. He was a gentleman. And, yeah. And so then I was like, Hi, Sharif. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. What you want to talk about? Yeah. You're like, I'm down the hall. Hey, what's your address? I'll come over. Exactly. What do you want to do? So then I went over to, so I, I called him back. He's like, well, I, I can come over. So he came over. No, the first date he said, you know, can I take you on a date? He's like, I want to take you roller skating. And I was like, that's adorable. And I was like, we're skating? Yeah. We had a, a 49th Street Galleria here. And I was, but in LA, like that was the thing. Roller skating. You know, okay. okay. You, you went roller skating. In Utah, I was like, roller skating. You're like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. This guy's weird. Yeah. Like I called him back and now he wants me to go roller skating. Roller skating. What is happening? And I was like, is he being serious? Because nobody had ever asked me to go roller skating. We didn't go roller skating here. It wasn't a thing. Roll bounce didn't happen in Utah. No, I, don't, I still don't know what that is. I'm learning as, as you're speaking. I'm like, roll bounce. Okay, roller skating, LA, got it. That didn't happen in Utah. That was like LA. That was everywhere but Utah, but it wasn't happening here. So when I was like, roller skating? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, um, I don't know if I want to go roller skating. But there was only one place to go roller skating at that time, and it was 49th Street Galleria. And so he wanted to go roller skating. And I was like, well, why don't we do something else on our first date? Because I was, I was so like taken off guard by like the roller skating thing. Yeah. I was like, this big ass football player is going to put on roller skates? Exactly. Wait, what's, <laughs> what are we doing? So we went to, we went to a movie and then, and I don't even remember what the movie was because I was so like 
it's dark and yeah. I'm sitting in the yeah. room and so I was nervous the whole time. But I do remember it was the movies at Trolley Square here in Utah okay. in Salt Lake. Then after that, he came over, you know, and that's when we started like dating each other. The first time, I know everybody will find this very difficult to believe. This is the truth. Okay. okay. This is the truth. I was so good when growing up. I never swore. I never said a cuss word. Me either. I would be, I would be slapped if I did. I wouldn't be allowed to. No way. So I remember Shreve came over to the dorm. Ursula and I were watching Arsenio Hall. Okay. Okay. Sharif's sitting there. We're we're all watching Arsenio Hall. He makes a joke. Sharif goes, he goes, that's fucking, he said the F word. Oh my God. And I literally was like, wow, like what's happening? Who are you? Roller skating and F bombs. Oh my God. Where am I? The F word. I don't, so he leaves and I literally was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is like, he's dangerous. He was a gangster. He just said the F word. I think he just got out of prison. You're like in your little Mormon world. Like, oh my God, the F word. You got, that was literally, literally like, I don't know. Like the Holy Spirit left me at that time when he said the F word. Cause I was still Mormon. Right. Right. At that time. So I was like, the Holy Ghost. You're like, I need to go pray now. No, like I, I was, it literally shattered my world. And I was like, I've never even been in front of anybody that said that F word. Now I know everyone finds that hard to believe because that is literally. I believe it because I I have a very similar (laughs) upbringing. My ex-boyfriend was uh, the one who would use the curse words and I I picked it up. And now I mean, mean, I'm 36. 36. Okay. So I understand because I was just like you. I wasn't allowed to say those things. I, it was bad. You're not allowed. And so, so then I had to talk to him because I was so like, you're like, let's pray. No, <laughs> I was, I don't know if I can see you anymore. I think we're just, we have different backgrounds, morals, a vision. Our vision in life is totally unaligned because you just use the F word. Yes. Totally uncalled for and unnecessary to use the F word while watching Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Like, like, why would you do that? So I, I literally, I brought it up with him and I was like, I just want you to know. You're so like, sweet. Cause I didn't return one of his calls and he's like, is something wrong? And I'm like, I need to be honest with you. You use the F word. He's like, what? He's F-word. probably coming from he's LA. Like, like what is this lady F-word? saying? He's like, food, uh, French fries. Like, what is the F word? He'd never heard anybody say the F word. word. And I was like, the F word. And he's like, and I wouldn't even say it. You know, I was oh, like, no, God. you said when we were watching Arsenio Hall. And then finally he was like, the F word. I was like, no one's ever said that in front of me. Oh my God. Well, and now I am like the spokesmodel for the F word. Okay, yeah. America. Yeah. No, but you've come a long way. <laughs> I'm wondering. Graduated. Yeah, you graduated. But I want to know in the, when you go to Urban Dictionary and you see the F word, here's it's Jen, Jen Shaw's face and motherfucking Shaw right here. Oh. <laughs> How did your family accept? accept oh, my gosh. You are getting I, I'm giving you the exclusive telling you no one else is going to ask you these questions, honey. Oh, and I'm giving you the exclusive. Like, let me tell you what Charlene and Kaiser said. OK, that's my mom and my dad. Yes. So I kind of kept Sharif like 
Cause I mean, I was at college so I could do whatever I wanted. Right. It's not like mom and dad were like, who are you dating or whatever? Cause I was at college and, and college, I was away as far away as my parents would allow me to go. It was an hour. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I lived at home. So you, again, you were a step ahead of me, hon. An hour away, I was still at home. Oh, if I lived at home, I wouldn't have been able to date. It would have been the oh, same I thing. Didn't. So I was an hour away, but that was like, I might as well have been in like Italy yeah, or yeah, Paris. Exactly. So Sharif and I had been dating. He was the star football player. And when I would go, I wore like suits to classes <laughs> and like dress. I- <laughs> and Ann Taylor, that was the shit back then. Yes. Ann Taylor? Yeah. Ann Taylor in 1991? Come on. That was Balenciaga. That was couture, baby. Yeah. Ann Taylor was couture in 1991. Sure, and I was sure. buying all the suits. Yeah. Because <laughs> my dad was like buying that, you know, I was like using dad, my dad's money, right? Same. Dad's like, here you go. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want the all cream suit and I want the red and the black. So my ass would walk into class and they're like, oh, hi, Michelle Obama. Where, Where is she going? going? <laughs> <laughs> I would go to, so Sharif was, you know, playing football. He's a star football player. So I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to come to your game. I would literally, I never went to a game on time or it went, I was like, those are really long. Yes. <laughs> There's four quarters. I'm going to go at like halftime. Yeah, or of course. But I went to, I went in my like. Your Ann Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. To the football game. Because <laughs> I was not about to be like a hoochie. Because, you know, there was a lot of the um, groupies like. Yes. There in their. We all know, store. honey. Yeah. Everyone's thirsty. The, the thirst was real, okay, post-football game, right. waiting for the players to come out of the locker room. Right. And then here's me in my full suit. Like, I already own, I own, like, you know, Forbes or something at that Exactly. Point. They were like, oh, who's this bitch? But he was dating you. Right. So he would, like, it was so funny because I literally, you guys, I was like, oh, my God, if it's funny because people are like, oh my God, you're so extra. You're just, and I'm like, bitch, I've been this way since I was born. You're like, I was always like this, honey. And I feel like it was really because my parents were so strict. It was the only way I could express myself that was allowed by my parents. You know what I mean? To always dress up or to want to do, you know, stuff like that or perform. It was the only outlet I had that was, otherwise I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And so- yeah, I'm sure all these people thought I was like crazy because they're like, no, they were probably like, wow, she has confidence. You know, she can wear whatever she wants and she doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks. You were at the football game in a suit, hon. Yeah, and it was Ann Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sharif was very, what attracted me to him, because at first I was skeptical. I was like, oh, you're a football player. My mom told me about you. Yes. Yes. Okay. The stereotype, right? But he was political science was okay. his, and, and he ha- he was on his football scholarship, political science. He was very, very smart. Very smart. And that's what attracted you. To you know, I mean, he's very handsome too. Yes. But the fact that he was so smart, I was like, wow. We're sapiosexuals. Intelligence is hot. Don't you think it changes when you get, into especially in your 30s like you can be ugly but guess what you're you are sexy af you are the most handsome man you just made the cover of people because you're smart jen i always say it i want to see your financial statements no shame i need to see your financial (laughs) statements 
before I go on a date with you, like with a guy. Like I need to see their financial statements. I have no shame whatsoever because my parents raised me a certain way. So I'm going to maintain that life. At that point, it's like, otherwise we're wasting time. We're wasting time, hon. I find you need to show me your financial statements before we can even sip tea together. Yeah. And for men, I'm talking about men. Like I'm, I'm at a level myself. So you need to bring in the big dick energy and come in as a high achiever because I'm a high achiever. Exactly. And I, and you need somebody that can match your level of intelligence, energy, everything. Yeah, absolutely. And like attracts like. So that's why you attracted a king. He's very, very smart. And And driven. He's so smart. He's driven. He's handsome, athletic. And then his heart, he is literally the sweetest person. I can see that. I mean, we've been married 26 years. You have to be pretty sweet. Yes. Because again, I, I put him through some tests. Of course, of course. You have to do that. But now I want to know what what Charlene thought. So you bring him home. So, well, I didn't bring him home just yet. I figured the best thing would be to like, yo, just hit him with like, drop the bomb. Okay. So I called my mom from the 7-Eleven because back then we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. I called my mom. So Sharif wanted to get engaged because we were like, heavy like dating and and that's what you did at that time it's not like now where you have like 50 apps it's very different it's like you you dated to get married and you got married we didn't even have a cell phone back then exactly i don't even know if we had the internet i don't think we did oh my gosh we had pagers pagers that's how you reach people like the 143 sharif's code was yeah like i love you sharif's code was three 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 okay his football number was 33 so that meant call me. So then I would run to 7-Eleven, put my quarter in and call him. That's what we did back then. That's oh my gosh. Yeah, I had a pager. I was a boss bitch. I was wearing Ann Taylor and I had a and pager. And you had a pager. <laughs> <laughs> so Sharif and I were dating and Sharif's like, you know, I want to get, you know, we should get engaged. And I was like, okay, now, because <laughs> in Sharif's mind, he's just thinking, why would there be any issue? You're not white. Right. You know what I mean? So it's so weird. People don't get it. People don't know. And so, and I'm just like, okay, uh, well, he knew I was Mormon. So that was, he was like, no, I love you. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, well, you know, my parents, you know, they're very Mormon. And, and your parents are expecting you to marry a Mormon. Oh yeah. My mom was like, you get married in the Mormon temple. Like, that's what you do. That's what you do. So and I'm the oldest, right? So I'm supposed to be You're like setting the example, right? So Sharif was also Sharif was student body president at the University of Utah wow. as well as being like captain of the football team. He was very He's smart, just like an all around guy. No, he really was. And I was like, okay, this like he's he a catch. Like, he was a catch. And he was such a good person that I felt strong enough to go to my, cause you know, for us to go against our parents is a yeah. big deal. You don't Very. do that. You're going to get like, like, you could get disowned. You're going to get disowned. You're going to get out. So you better make sure like, you just don't do that. You don't do that. That it was unheard of in my family. So 
I was like, okay, well, we need to, you know, let me, and I'm thinking like, okay, how do I do this? What do I, you know, I don't want to lose Sharif. He's a good guy. He's a good man. And he had the most loving family, right? His dad was like, Hey baby. His mom called me Jen to win. She yeah, said, Jen, like that. the drink, Jen. the drink. No, she yeah. still thinks my name's Jen, G I N. I'm like, no, it's but Jen. You know She's like, okay, Jen. I'm like, no, but it's Jen. <laughs> but it's that, I get, it's that, that, that great American family, like they bake cookies and stuff like that. And then we come from these families where I'm sure Sharif was like, let me talk to your parents. And you're like, no, that is not how this works. Do you want to die? Do you want to die? Exactly. That's what's going to happen. My father is not afraid of going to jail. I'm the oldest daughter. That's not happening. They don't mind if Jen disappears. No, exactly. So I was the one in school in high school that was like, oh, Jen's never going to get married. Jen's just going to be very like, you know, I'm going to do my thing. I'm very focused. So I find out I'm pregnant. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. I would be shaking. I'm sure you were shaking. You know what I'm feeling, right? I, 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 I Just the thought of it, because I, I know the fear, the level of fear. It's like, Zero to 100 is an understatement. There are no words to describe the fear. And I, I don't know because no, it didn't I'm going happen. to die. Like, I'm literally, I'm like, wait, this cannot. They're digging your grave. No, like, I'm <laughs> going to die. So basically, I'm like, okay, let me say goodbye to everybody that I know and love because I'm literally about to I don't to even die. know how you did that because no shame. You know, we keep it real. I would have been trying to find ways. Like, I would have been asking friends to, like, push me down the stairs or something. No. And he sh- that is literally like, please, do I eat papaya? What do I need no. to do? No, you understand. I would literally sit there and be like, this is fake. It's not even real. I was literally like, I'm going to exercise so hard today. And I'm like, yeah. literally not going to be pregnant. I'm like, this isn't real. Like, no, you get it. Right. I'm I see scared. The- I'm scared. I'm like, I'm, I'm the listener right now. I'm the listener right now. Praying for you. Praying for like 19 year old Jen or however old you were. Right. And I'm a good girl too. So to have to give my parents two whammies, they'd be like, wait, what? Wait, his okay. name's Sharif and you're pregnant? No, because my dad, I'm like, my dad's going to think like, okay, this is like immaculate. Uh, the Virgin Mary. Because I know, I thought you were the Virgin Mary, yeah. the brown Virgin Mary. What is happening, Jen? Oh, and then he's going to probably blame Sharif. Right? Because I, of course. You hung out with the L.A. guy that took you roller skating. This is what happens, Jen. That's what happens when you roller skate. You roller skate and you get pregnant, okay? So, oh, my God. What happened? Where do we go from here? I'm, I'm scared. Listen to what Charlene did. Mom, oh, my gosh. I need to talk to my mom about this because Sharif told me about this. Literally, I just found out that she did that. I knew she contacted him. But I didn't know everything she said. Sharif just told me, like, maybe four months ago, there was, like, an excerpt left out of the conversation. I didn't know about that. I literally just found out. I was, like, horrified. So I call my mom from 7-Eleven because it's getting getting close to winter break. And I'm going to have to go home. And they're going to see your little bump. I don't know if you had a bump, but I'm assuming you did. No. Yeah, because, okay, so winter break was December. I was due in March. Oh, my goodness. So you were more than a bump. 
Okay. So me, you, you can understand me. I was like, I ain't telling my dad. No. And you're wearing sweatshirts. In the I'm going house. to deliver this baby and not see my dad for 10 years oh. and tell him I'm like I, winning the, the Pulitzer prize right. in, in Germany. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I'm making something up. You're leaving the country. Yeah, no, I'm leaving the country. I, I can't, I can't tell my father. So the second I find out I am devastated because I'm like, you don't understand my life just ended. This is against everything I've been taught, raised. Like I'm going to let my parents, like, I didn't know what to do. And it was so weird for me because Sharif's like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Calls his mom, calls his dad, calls, tells everybody. His dad gets on the phone and is like, Jen, I'm so excited, baby. Oh my. And I'm like, Hey, this is really weird. Cause we're not married. Yeah. Cause it, it, what I had been raised and taught was not only do you not have sex, but you damn sure don't have a baby. I'm still no, like that. I would at 36, I am still scared of like, I, my parents would still like be like, what's happening. If I came home today at 36 pregnant and not married, most people are like, oh, they should be happy. I'm like, no, they would They would not. Be. No, no, they don't get it. You can come live with me. I'm just giving, I'm going to tell you right now. I'll come to Utah. <laughs> no, come live with me. And I will, no, come, come live with me. Yeah. But, okay, so. Okay. So I call my mom from 7-Eleven and I tell her. I tell my mom and she's, I'm like, mom, I'm like, so, you know, um, I need to talk to you about something. I'm pregnant. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed part one of The Chai with the iconic Jen Shah. Stay tuned for part two next week. Thank you so much for sipping The Chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.